Well, thank you so much for coming. I know there's other things to do tonight, and appreciate you guys making the time to be here. Um, so the agenda for tonight, we're going to um, talk about the survey results that we got um, from the public input survey, and then go over our proposed goals for the um, strategic plan. Absolutely. Yeah. Can, is that better? <laughs> so I should also start off by saying that the purpose of us being here today is to gather input on the strategic plan that we're creating for public art in Iowa City. Um, and so we, we did issue a survey that was very successful, got a lot of responses. Um, but as part of the process to create this new strategic plan, we just want as much public input as possible. So um, we'll go over the survey results and, and then the, the kind of meat of the um, strategic plan are these five goals that we have. And we're going to talk through those and then just open it up for discussion. Um, so the process going forward from tonight is um, we'll take all the input and draft a preliminary strategic plan um, and present that to the Public Art Advisory Committee on June 6th which everyone is welcome to join those meetings as well. Um, and by June 10th, we'll have the draft posted on the city website. And there'll be a format to provide feedback based on that, too, for anyone. And we'll email out uh, um, email that will provide links to that. Also tonight, um, if there's anything you think of that you don't say during the discussion, we have these. Um, slips of paper that are on the table. You're welcome to provide feedback with that as well. Um, and then July 11th is the final review at the and public input meeting, which will be at City Hall at Emma Harvett Hall at 5.30 um, before it goes to City Council. Um, all right, so moving into, how do we go to the next slide? Do you know how to go to the next slide? Oh, uh, there we go. I, mean, I think your arrows too will do it. Great. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> There's someone listening over there. Um, so we're just going to go through. There weren't that many questions. We're going to go through each question and just sort of quickly to get a feeling for what what the public sentiment was. Um, so lots of liking of public art among the respondents. Um, the favorite example of public art in Iowa City, this question had um, photographs for, for each of these examples. Um, the mural coexist got the most with 40%. And Goosetown mural, the Iowa Avenue Literary Walk, and Weather Dance Fountain. Uh, with kind of the next tier. Um, the least favorite example uh, <laughs> is my favorite piece, <laughs> uh, the four module piece by Kenneth Snelson that's in City Park right now. And that's, um, I think, partially the problem. Is, and it's being moved to, what's that new park called? 
Riverfront Crossings Park. Um, so I think it'll be, okay. Um, so yeah, it, that'll improve that piece a lot, I think. Um, otherwise it was kind of spread around. Um, and then the role of public art was primarily people said to beautify, um, establish a sense of place, inspire creativity, and to create neighborhood identity. And then supporting artists was up there too. Um, people wanted to see public art in downtown streets and alleys was the highest response. Unexpected places, I liked that. That, that was the second most response. And then public buildings was third. Um, the, the type of public art people enjoy most. Um, murals got by far the most, 80% of people picked that as their top three. Sculpture was next, and then um, wayfinding, signage, and street furniture, like benches, were after that. Um, people were asked where, what they would like public art in Iowa City to reflect. Um, cultural symbols, playfulness and whimsy, beauty, histo history, and monumental, and landscape and nature all did. Well, high tech and political did not. <laughs> um, we asked if Iowa City were to commission a large, monumental, iconic public artwork, where should it be located? Um, and downtown got 42% of the responses. Um, the gateways, the major entrances to Iowa City got 20%. And uh, notably, nowhere got 15%. We don't need one. Um, and we, we were really pleased with the sort of demographic uh, range of, of people who responded to the survey. 25% uh, of people live central, and but then the rest were, were pretty well spread out across uh, the city with the next largest portion coming from the southeast area. Um, and then also the age range is pretty well spread out. Um, especially across kind of 25 and older. Um, so that, that's the survey. Um, oh, there's a few more. Um, so these are just some of the comments that people were written in about their favorite uh, things that weren't on the multiple choice. So the benchmarks got the most love um, and the murals. Um, The least favorite was the five, five people noted that the Iowa Avenue Literary Walk was slippery and dangerous during winter. Um, and some general responses, people just, 17 people um, wrote that public art, need, there needs to be more public art outside of downtown. Um, 12 people noted that public art we need more public art, specifically in Iowa City's marginalized and underprivileged communities. Um, so 13 people um, said they would like more engaging and interactive public art. And um, you can just read through those. I don't need to read all those to you. Um,
10 people expressed concern about the cost and the uses of, of public money to fund it. Um, 10 people expressed concern about a large iconic piece of public art. Um, eight people expressed desire for a community art center or gallery. Um, all right, so Marsha's gonna take us through the goals as they stand now. Hi there. Um, thank you very much for coming and thank you for your patience in all the relocation um, that has been occurring over the last few weeks on this, this meeting. Um, my name is Marsh Bollinger. I am the um, staff person for the Public Art Advisory Committee, work with Steve um, and Vero, who will also be part of the discussion. Um, and what I'm here to do is kind of walk through where we're at in terms of some goals that we have established. And I want to preface it by saying that this is very preliminary. This is just things that we've been kind of compiling over time based on the survey results. Um, we've also had two um, arts professional meetings where we've invited local artists to come and kind of do an initial um, feedback process um, to kind of give us guide, some guidelines on how we should approach things. Um, so it's, it, it's very much the beginning. There's printed off versions of this, and if you don't have one of those, please pick it up. Um, these will be posted on the Public Arts Strategic Plan website, and that website is on the little um, business size cards that are there too. Um, so if you have a chance, particularly after the meeting, and you can go through these a little bit more closely, please feel free to comment on them. There'll be an opportunity for you to add your comments, or it could be that you just end up emailing me directly um, with those comments. Um, I say this is a little, a little rough, and, but we're, we're, we're at least wanting to get some initial feedback on it. Um, We've established five goals, basically. And the first goal here is um, it's pretty broad. Um, it's just essentially to create a public art program, to establish and implement a public art program that provides art opportunities, you know, both permanent and temporary, the cultivate a vibrant public art. It's kind of a standard mission statement kind of, kind of thing. Um, in terms of the action steps and also, these action steps will have a timeline established as part of them. Um, we have not gotten to that point, but I would expect that a bulk of um, these more administrative type processes we could accomplish within a six month period. And that will be handled primarily with a public art advisory committee, although there will be opportunities for, again, public input and review. Um, so if you've signed up um, on the sign-in sheet, I will be continuing to, to provide updates on where things are at with that. Um, the first is, uh, when the program was started back in 1997, so it's been over 20 years that it's been in place, um, there were a certain set of procedural type guidelines that were established for the program. Um, those have um, been added to in terms of some of the various programs that we've come up with um, since, since the beginning, but they really haven't been I think really evaluated and refreshed and updated to the point where maybe they're more appropriate for the program um, as it is now than what it was back 20 years ago. Um, 20 years ago, the primary focus on um, for the public art program and why it was established was because we were revamping the pedestrian mall. 
so this is this is the second go around that what you're seeing now, um, and um, there was great support for um, having some pretty significant public art um, installations occur um, as part of the Pet Mall. And that's what you see with the Weatherdance Fountain. Um, there's five sculptures. Um, there's the jazz sculpture, bronze, um, ties that bind. There's the two granite and glass. Those are all, all actually being um, just relocated to some degree, but they're staying on the Pet Mall. Um, so those were all originally purchased um, with funds that um, were allocated, I'd say, within the first two or three years of the program. The Iowa Avenue Literary Walk was also um, completed shortly after that time period. So it was a pretty significant investment um, in public art at that point. Um, so we need to we need to go through and just and we look at those. Uh, the other opportunity that has kind of gone by the wayside is um, looking at temporary um, installations. We were able to do that more frequently years ago um, when we had a little bit more staffing, um, but temporary installations can oftentimes take um, quite, quite a bit of time or as much time um, to do and to orchestrate as permanent ones. Um, and the downtown district, frankly, has been do doing an excellent job on um, installing uh, temporary arch opportunities in the downtown um, area over the last few years, too. Um, encouraging more innovative projects um, and activities that bring the community together uh, is uh, what we have in Section 1C. And then how we can not only um, accept donations, but also encourage them. I mean, with the limited funding that we do have, um, it's always nice to have some some valuable quality donations that come our way and what we can do with those and where they can be located. And then of course we have a very large talented pool of artists in Iowa City and I, that's becoming more and more um, I think key and for the Public Art Advisory Committee. Um, there's been matching funds that have been available over the last four years now, and we're seeing a lot of local artists being able to take advantage of those matching funds, but offering more opportunities would be never a bad idea. Um, goal number two kind of expands upon this a little bit and goes into some detail on how we might actually implement some of those goals. Um, the city currently um, has a number of facilities that um, have very little, if any, public art installations in them. And one of the things that we are regularly getting requests for, um, and it seems to be ramping up more and more, is actually uh, from public, private private artists to install artwork, um, not only in the buildings, but on the buildings as murals, um, even temporary art installations. And one of the things the committee has worked on, but not yet completed, is um, developing a policy on how it is that those requests are um, evaluated, and then more importantly, even encouraging that to occur by inventorying our facilities, see what spaces we have available, um, and once we, we can publicly um, make available to artists and possibly even do a, a RFP or something um, that, that encourages that even more. 
Um, so again, there's interior spaces, exterior. Um, many of the city parks also, um, a lot of them um, had art installations over the course of the last 10 years or so, but there's there are probably more than not that don't have, does that make sense? <laughs> there's more that don't have art than do. Um, so we'd like, we need to inventory where we're at with those and then what kind of art um, possibly could work with those. Let's see what else we got. Um, encouraging people to see art in different ways. Um, The, uh, the generate the community involvement with art projects in 2C. Um, years ago, there used to be a neighborhood art project that was actually funded through the public art program. And there was funds that were set aside that would enable the neighborhoods to um, request funding and under those conditions also uh, be willing to put the time and effort into working with an artist to determine what kind of art that they best felt would represent represent their neighborhood. And one of those, uh, well, two or three of those projects that I think maybe a lot of you are familiar with are um, the Goose Town geese that are on top of the street signs, um, the north side markers, um, and all those are pictured in the, the uh, map that we have. Um, Longfellow also has some historic plaques. There's about seven or eight of those throughout the neighborhood that highlight some historic um, areas that were designed by an artist. Um, but there's been, there's been several others of those. That was kind of set aside when we started seeing significant drops in our funding. So that might be something to encourage more of our neighborhoods to get involved in. Um, there's also plenty of arts organizations in Iowa City. And I think the committee needs to work on figuring out how to best partner um, to expand. Um, opportunities by working with um, many of those many of those groups, and interactive arts is something that we haven't done a whole lot of, um, but I think there's really a place for that, um, particularly in some some locations, and to explore those opportunities, and putting them in non-traditional settings. The the whole idea of unexpected places I think was something that was kind of exciting in terms of the survey results um, that people do enjoy that. They're not, they're not planning on seeing a statue sitting on the side of the street somewhere. They want to see it kind of in an um, unusual location. Funding um, for public art, that's, that can be a, a political um, hot point in a lot of respects. The current um, public art funds and have always been coming from general fund money. And general fund money is, is what you and I pay taxes for, uh, pay into our taxes. Um, unfortunately, that's, that's also impacted by a variety of things in terms of the economy, um, politics, the, the, the political will, um, who's sitting on city council. Um, it can ebb and flow. So um, we have seen that ebbing and flowing quite a bit. Um, the lowest, we, we started out actually um, back in 1997 with um, $100,000 a year for three years that was allocated. And since that time, it's decreased down to 50000 25000 The lowest, I think we were at $1,400. Um, that didn't only lasted for one year, so that wasn't too bad. But what we're working with now, we're slowly seeing um, an increase up. It's not 
close to 100,000. But one of the proposals that's been discussed is utilizing um, the hotel motel tax. I think as all of you are aware, we're seeing a lot of hotel motel development in Iowa City. And um, by people staying in these hotels, that generates tax. Um, it's what we pay when we stay in a hotel where there's the motel tax that's, what is it, 11%, 12%. Um, so it's, um, it can be a pretty significant source of income. It's all contingent upon use of those hotel rooms. If people aren't staying in them, then you don't have that revenue, obviously. But that was something that was brought up as, as an option. Um, there's also grants. Uh, grants take time to write, but they're out there. Iowa Arts Council provides grants on a regular basis. Um, uh, the National Endowment for the Arts have, um, have funds. Uh, private fundraising is something that we have not necessarily um, gotten into. We did pursue it um, when we were looking at installing a fairly significant art piece in the pedestrian mall several years ago. Um, but that, that came at an unfortunate time, and politically it didn't, it didn't proceed, but um, that was going to be considered. The other thing was um, to establish an endowment fund. And um, if we do um, or see some success in terms of private fundraising, to set some, some, some funds aside in an endowment fund that might then just start generating um, uh, interest and, and be able to be used on a little bit more flexible basis than the fund, the general funds that we have available now. Private development. Um, this is something that's slowly kind of coming into being. The Riverfront Crossings Redevelopment Area, I don't know how many of you are you familiar with that. Um, it's essentially um, south of Burlington, west of Gilbert Street, down to the inner, or, uh, Highway 6, and includes Riverfront Crossings Park. And, and it's primarily that whole area that you're seeing kind of boom with development right now. Um, there is an opportunity for developers within that redevelopment district to s provide to the city a 1% um, fee that would then allow them to increase the density of their building that they're proposing. Um, in fact, we, we have received one payment from a developer who is receiving the ability to um, build an extra floor on um, uh, apartment building that he is developing. And some of those funds are going to be used to relocate the Snelson sculpture that was voted as the least popular <laughs> um, down to the Riverfront Crossings um, Park. So that should be happening um, probably within the next three or four months, we hope. And then capital projects are another uh, funding option that many communities have used in the past. Um, what happens with those is capital projects have a percentage um, of money set aside, could be half percent, could be one percent, that then is set aside for public art that would be incorporated as part of that capital project. That works in some cases. Um, for sewer projects, that doesn't make really much sense. You're not, you're not going to be able to, to include art, but say for bridges, um, for city facilities, um, for anything that, that might have a visual presence that we, art could be incorporated in, that might be an opportunity. Um, and then, Pharaoh, I'm going to have you kind of talk a little bit about that whole component of conservation and 
Thank you, Marcia. Hi, everybody. Thank you for being here. I'm Vero Rose Smith. I am the chairperson of the Public Art Advisory Committee. Really happy to be on this subcommittee helping determine the future of public art in Iowa City. So I'm also a museum professional, and I deal with collections all the time in my day-to-day -day work. And so for me, I think it's really important to have a life plan for every artwork that we take in as a city and every work that comes to us, even in a temporary form. We need to have a plan for how temporary is temporary. If we're commissioning a work to be made, we should have an idea of how long it will be in its current state from the moment it's delivered to the moment it starts needing conservation. And we should also be doing things like having regular valuation assessments and insurance valuation assessments so that we know the depreciating costs of that artwork over time. Uh, or well, the, the art doesn't depreciate usually, usually appreciates, but the cost of maintaining it will equally appreciate depending on the type of maintenance needs. So for me, it's really important that we are being fiscally responsible with the money that is set aside from our public dollars to go towards art and make sure that we have a plan for what happens to it over time. So uh, having this type of assessment happening regularly will also help in terms of accessibility. And what I mean by that is having updated maps, because we're already going to be going around doing these types of condition assessments. We're adding new artworks all the time. Sometimes those artworks aren't coming directly through the city, but it'd be nice to have a comprehensive database of everything that is viewable from public vantage points in our city so that we have a broader view of our cultural assets here. And so that's part of this work. And this is costly. Sometimes conservation, depending on the type of object, depending on when it was made and by whom it was made and how it was made, it can be really expensive to repair, especially if it's gotten to a point where it needs significant conservation work. So this is all preventative maintenance. Um, and this comes back to what Marcia was saying about money in general, just that we have a plan of what it might cost us eventually if we want these objects to stay with us for a full duration of 20 or more years. Anything else? You want me to go to the next goal? Do you want to come back up? Okay. All right, so I'm happy to stay up here and talk about goal number four, <laughs> which is pursuing active collaboration with municipal, civic, nonprofit, and private sector organizations to create opportunities for public art. So I'm lucky that I get to work in a public art museum at the Stanley, which is part of the University of Iowa. And we have partnered with the city before on various projects that we've done, as well as the downtown district. And I think that there is a real need in this community for figuring out pathways for those collaborations that are easier so that we don't have to reform relationships every time we want to do a really amazing large-scale project. So some of our action steps for this is to develop a process that enables arts program staff and artists into early design discussions and planning for all capital projects in the public right-of-way. So that means anytime the city is interested in building a new facility or improving a roadway or changing anything with the Ped Mall, that very early on, both artists and developers are in the room together to talk about the possibilities moving forward in that project. And to do this, we need to be able to inform and involve city departments about all the plans and potential for implementation of these master plan guidelines and procedures. So it's, it's about collaboration, again, getting everybody into the same room at the same time for the same meetings so that we have access to the same information and can make informed decisions together. 
Um, and then we'll need to identify and meet with key departments where public art partnerships and collaborations can be developed. And so I think these are departments that are internal to the city operations. Is that correct, Marcia? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there are a lot of people we were finding in previous meetings through this public input process that hadn't always been at the table when it came to talking about public art, um, particularly when we are getting these wonderful submissions of ideas from citizens who just want to see art somewhere in their neighborhood. We don't have a process for that. And in some cases, it's going to take three city departments to make an idea like that happen. So we need to have a pathway for communication for that to be really effective. Number three, work within existing city committees to consider wayfinding projects that might incorporate artwork. And I would expand this to include historic preservation efforts as well. There's a lot that we could be doing with other committees. So this is more of a public art committee task, but certainly something that we, we hope to implement. And then cultivating partnerships in all sectors of the community to assist with the acquisition of artwork and spaces for artwork or arts activities. I'm really excited that so many people want to see art in unexpected places. And I think that takes a lot of collaboration uh, from many different entities. And so what does unexpected mean is a conversation we now get to have. And usually that means some combination of ownership of the property that's in question. So it's partially private or it maybe is in communication with a public property, but there's some kind of uh, ambiguity in both ownership and purpose for that space. So the more that we can talk about that across all sectors, I think the better for creating really cool, interesting experiences that activate our everyday environment differently. And then finally, promoting and incorporating public art and private development. So this is already starting to happen, which is great. And we'll see how this project goes and hopefully have a framework for moving forward as a committee and as a city. But I think the more we can do to encourage private developers to work closely with the city and the city staff, uh, the potential value of public art for these development projects is incalculable. I think it's really important, as we we're seeing from respondents already, that public art contributes both to the beauty of the city, to how we think of ourselves as a community. And developers should be part of that conversation. They are shaping our future. And finally, exploring the feasibility for an ordinance that requires public art and private development. That is absolutely something we're, we're open to discussing and, and might think of building into this new framework. All right, and finally, goal number five, before we get into our discussion of all of these goals, building awareness that promotes understanding about public art and the benefits of the arts in general. Clearly very important to me as a museum professional, but also I think about the couple of people in our survey that responded, they don't get public art. I wanna meet those people, and I think you folks in this room probably do too. So we need to develop a promotional campaign that talks about the city's public art collection in a way that targets all available media and that will reach all segments of our population. This can't be a single channel venture. We gotta talk about this at every level of our communications as a city, as individuals from people to people. Um, so we'll identify and implement community awareness strategies. One of those strategies that we've talked about in previous meetings, so the meeting that we just had with our Arts Professional Steering Committee last week, we talked a lot about a digitally interactive map is maybe one of the strategies for implementing public awareness. And that could be really cool. And there are plenty of other cities that already do this. So we have models to look to. Um, and then number two, identifying and widely publicizing events and opportunities associated 
with artworks uh, that both highlight the artwork and the unique history of that specific object as well as the artist. I think this is really crucial, especially as one of our biggest assets in this community is the creativity that lives here and continues to percolate here, both because of the presence of the university and also our unique geography, our situating between major urban centers in the Midwest. We've got something special here, and it's special for artists especially. So finally, assembling and maintaining a variety of communication and or media networks in order to target audiences of all ages, backgrounds for these messages. So those are all of our goals. That's a lot of information. You have it in writing in front of you. We're going to take a couple of minutes to transition into a more conducive format just for open discussion. Circle, does that sound OK? All right, so let's circle some chairs together so we can face each other and have a real conversation. Mm -hmm.